This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You can power up your playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. You may discover exciting surprises with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder or challenge friends to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You can head to Nintendo.com to learn more about the Nintendo Switch system. Games and systems sold separately. Tonight, as we come on the air, the U.S. sinks deeper into the coronavirus pandemic. New infections surge to record levels, and the city's tonight moving closer to lockdown. Chicago's mayor urges residents to stay home and cancel their Thanksgiving celebrations. And look at the long lines for testing. Thousands of people waiting to get swabbed at Dodger Stadium. Plus, the nation's largest indoor water park opens today in Texas. Ada's deadly punch. The storm makes a second U.S. landfall in Florida as a bridge falls apart on live TV. This is incredibly scary! Okay, we're backing up, we're backing up. Dozens rescued at a campground in North Carolina. The search tonight for the missing. She got washed down the river. Is Republican support starting to crack? The GOP senators that say President-elect Joe Biden should receive intelligence briefings. Plus, the reports tonight that President Trump wants to start his own network to rival Fox News. Tonight, for the first time since the election, former President Barack Obama speaks out. The president doesn't like to lose and uh, never admits loss. Why he thinks questioning the integrity of the election is dangerous for democracy. A call from the Vatican. As President-elect Biden is set to become only the second Catholic to take the White House, Pope Francis offers his congratulations. Deadly military crash. Five Americans killed when a helicopter carrying peacekeeping troops goes down in Egypt. Tonight, the sole survivor. And the new museum for the country's oldest military branch. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news. America will soon be facing a coronavirus emergency more severe and potentially more deadly than when the pandemic first began. The country isn't just breaking records, it's blowing through them, reaching new highs again tonight in cases and hospitalizations. There are few words to describe the staggering size or depressing depth of the crisis. In just three weeks, the number of new infections recorded each day in the U.S. has doubled. Nationwide, almost twice as many people are in the hospital tonight than there were just a month ago. And Americans are now dying each day at levels not seen since the worst months of the pandemic. Hospitals are running out of beds, doctors are running out of protective equipment, and families are running out of hope. As we come on the air tonight, mayors in major cities are now imposing tough new restrictions on everything from restaurants to family gatherings, and some are even considering closing schools again. Still, some experts warn none of that may be enough to slow down this deadly virus unless Americans change what they are doing right now. There is a lot of new reporting to get to, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's David Begno is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Chicago. Good evening, David. Good evening. Chicago's mayor has declared a stay-at-home advisory, but it doesn't have a lot of teeth to it in terms of enforcement. Now, the governor of Illinois says he may declare a stay-at-home order, and then he said this. To all of you who have questioned the data and fueled these conspiracy theories, what's it going to take to make this real for you? Tonight, the nation's third largest city is taking drastic measures to try and stop the surge. Chicago's mayor is telling residents, stay at home for the next 30 days, starting on Monday. And while this is tough, and of course this whole year has been tough, we must tell you, you must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans. All of this comes as the governor of Illinois says he may impose a stay-at-home order statewide in the coming days. What will it take to make this real for you? Tonight, the COVID levels across the country are unprecedented. In Texas, where there are more than 1 million cases, that state would be just outside the world's top 10 countries as far as infections. And today in Michigan, the governor warned that hospitals are running dangerously low on protective equipment. Our case numbers are skyrocketing. Right now, this curve is a straight line and it is straight up. To the west now, bumper-to-bumper -bumper lines for COVID-19 testing stretched well into the night at LA's Dodger Stadium. California is now on the brink of becoming the second state to reach 1 million confirmed coronavirus cases. Now to Kentucky. The Supreme Court upheld new public restrictions issued by the Democratic governor in a red state. They include requiring people to wear masks in public, and a lot of people are opposed to it. I'm done with politics when it comes to this battle. Dr. Michael Osterholm, a member of President-elect Biden's COVID-19 task force, is recommending a nationwide lockdown. And we could lock down for four to six weeks. And if we did that, we could drive the numbers down like they've done in Asia, like they did in New Zealand and Australia. Some people are just not getting the message or they're ignoring it. Today, what is being described as the nation's largest indoor water park opened in Austin, Texas. Meanwhile, the first cruise ship to sail in the Caribbean since March is now docked in Barbados because a passenger tested positive for COVID-19. Other passengers must remain in their cabins. Here's the Dean of Brown University School of Public Health, Dr. Ashish Jha. What I'm trying to say to folks is, gotta hold on for a few more months. Vaccines are coming. This is not the time to be having house parties. The reality is, it may be too late. 
to act. David Begno, CBS News, Chicago. I'm Meg Oliver in New York City, where a second wave of coronavirus is on the brink of crashing down. The citywide positivity rate hit 2.6% today, closing in on the 3% threshold that would trigger a move to remote learning in all public schools. Mazia Lugo says all remote would be devastating for her three-year-old son, Ozzy, who is autistic. He cannot sit for more than 10 minutes at a time. After that, he's just frustrated, he's crying. It's been really difficult. In New York City, mobile testing sites are set up. Staten Island has the highest positive test rates in the city, with multiple neighborhoods approaching 5%. Why are we seeing the surge now? So if you think about it, this is when you would start to see some virus activity, flu-like activity. People are starting to go indoors. In New Jersey, the surge is worse, announcing this week its highest daily case total since April. If I don't get elected tomorrow because of what we do in Newark, then I don't care. Newark Mayor Ross Baraka enforcing a 9 p.m. weekday curfew for parts of the city for at least the rest of the month. My family lives here. My friends live here. Six police officers have died. As a curfew goes into effect for parts of Newark tonight, New York City is preparing for statewide restrictions. Starting tomorrow, all gyms, bars, and restaurants must stop in-person service by 10 p.m. Nora? Meg Oliver, thank you. At least four people have died and dozens rescued after Tropical Storm Ada made landfall. Tonight, the devastating storm is dumping heavy rain on the Carolinas and Virginia. Homes and roads are flooded. Bridges have buckled. CBS's Maria Villarreal followed the storm from Florida to North Carolina today, and tonight she's in the flood zone. Heavy rain and floods from Tropical Storm Ada battered North Carolina. This is incredibly scary. A Fox News reporter was live on camera when the bridge she was standing on started to collapse. But it's a race against the clock as rescuers search for several missing people presumably swept away, including a one-year-old baby. The flooding was so fast and severe at a campground here, rising waters left three people dead, and at least 31 who were trapped had to be rescued. She got washed down the river. <laughs> they haven't found her yet. They got Washed out bridges with abandoned cars created mudslides and road accidents, leaving families stranded. The water rose so fast, vehicles at this elementary school were completely submerged and 143 people had to be evacuated. Approximately 50 roadways uh, across the county have been compromised with four bridges that have washed away. This is the same storm that battered Latin America and South Florida earlier this week and Tampa overnight. With very little time to prepare or warning of the strength of Ada, families are left with an uncertain future. Just blows your mind to think that there's somebody that you love and you know he lost in the water. Here at the campgrounds, emergency workers continue to search for people even as the sun went down. But we just saw the medical examiner pull up, and that is definitely not a good sign. Flood warnings are in effect through tonight as we know it. And right now, Ada is pushing off the East Coast and should be out to sea very soon. Nora. Maria Vidal, thank you. Tonight, former President Barack Obama says President Trump's unfounded claims of election fraud may be putting American democracy at risk. In his first television interview since the election, Mr. Obama sat down with CBS This Morning co-host Gail King and 60 Minutes correspondent Scott Pelley ahead of the release of his new memoir, A Promised Land. 
What are these false claims of widespread election fraud doing to our country right now? They appear to be motivated in part because uh, the president doesn't like to lose and uh, never admits loss. Um, I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring him in this fashion. Um, it is one more step in delegitimizing not just the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally. And that's a dangerous path. Well, you can see more of former President Obama's interviews with Scott Pelley and Gail King this weekend, starting with Gail's interview on CBS Sunday morning, and then later Scott's interview Sunday evening on 60 Minutes. Tonight, a growing number of Republicans say President-elect Joe Biden should get the classified intelligence briefings that are normally provided to an incoming president. Now, this says President Trump keeps up his post-election purge today, forcing out two top officials at the Department of Homeland Security. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. CBS News has learned President Trump has told advisors he may run again in 2024, even while he refuses to concede, blocking the transition to President-elect Joe Biden. But the president's firewall of Republican support is starting to crack. We need to consider um, uh, the former vice president as the president-elect. Uh, Joe Biden is the president-elect. Several Republican senators, including Ted Cruz, now say Biden should have access to the presidential daily intelligence briefings, something the White House has not provided. For the sake of, of protecting the country, you want whoever is going to assume that office to be aware uh, of the significant threats, because, because the first responsibility of any president is to keep the American people safe. The Trump campaign continues to file legal challenges, even as senior advisors tell CBS News there's no viable path to overturning the election results. Sources say President Trump knows this, but likes to be seen as a fighter. Democrats accuse Republicans of knowingly supporting President Trump's false narrative. Congressional Republicans are deliberately casting doubt on our elections for no other reason but fear of Donald Trump. Diagnosed with COVID yesterday. Self-isolating here at home. CBS News has confirmed Corey Lewandowski, a top campaign advisor involved in the legal fight, now has coronavirus, one of at least five cases among those who attended a packed election night party inside the White House. I don't know what the hell happened to Fox. Huh? And tonight, President Trump targeting Fox News, tweeting and retweeting a barrage of attacks on the network, still angry that Fox called Arizona for Biden on election night. A new report says President Trump wants to start his own digital media company to clobber Fox News after he leaves office. Now, despite President Trump continuing to question the outcome of the election, tonight the nation's top election security officials say they have the utmost confidence in the integrity and the security of the election, and the American people should too. Nora. All right, Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, President-elect Biden is moving ahead with plans to fill key administration posts in his administration. CBS's Ed O'Keefe joins us now from the president-elect's vacation home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. So, Ed, who Mr. Biden chooses could give us some clues about how he plans to govern. So what big names are coming next? Well, good evening, Nora. There are several people in the mix for top foreign policy roles, including National Security Advisor, Secretary of State, among others. Three people to keep in mind. Tony Blinken. Jake Sullivan and Susan Rice, all three 
worked with Mr. Biden during his presidential campaign and alongside him during the Obama White House years. Over at the Pentagon, one name often mentioned as a possible defense secretary is Michelle Flournoy. She was a top Obama defense official and, if confirmed, would be the first woman to hold the role. And, Ed, what can you tell us about that call that the president-elect got from the pope today? That's right. They spoke this morning. The pontiff uh, extending congratulations to the president-elect. A pretty personally important call for Mr. Biden, who would be the second Roman Catholic president. The first, of course, was John F. Kennedy. In his statement, the transition office says that the president-elect looks forward to working with the pontiff on issues like helping the world's poor and immigrants. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, a deadly military helicopter crash in Egypt appears to have been caused by an equipment problem, not an attack. Five Americans on a peacekeeping mission were among those killed. CBS's David Martin has new information on the crash. One American service member was pulled from the wreckage, but five others died when their Black Hawk helicopter went down in the Sinai Peninsula, once a battleground between Egypt and Israel. Two members of the French and Czech militaries also died in the crash, apparently caused by mechanical failure. It's the single worst loss of American life in the nearly four decades U.S. troops have patrolled the Sinai. About 450 Americans are part of an international force set up to monitor the 1979 peace treaty between Egypt and Israel. Robert Satloff is with the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. We are ensuring that each side keeps to its agreements and that peace is sustained at a cornerstone of the Middle East. The Pentagon wants to pull U.S. troops out of the Sinai, but has never overcome objections from the State Department. The mission costs about $30 million a year. Today's crash added to that incalculably. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. Tonight, investigators are looking for clues in a fiery plane crash in Southern California. A single-engine Cessna went down short of an airport runway and burst into flames that spread to several parked cars. The plane's pilot was killed. No one else was hurt. This news today, the Justice Department said the prosecutor who handled a 2008 case against Jeffrey Epstein showed poor judgment but did not engage in professional misconduct. Alex Acosta, who later became President Trump's labor secretary, was under fire for the generous plea deal that he entered into with Epstein, who was accused of abusing dozens of teenage girls. Well, today, a lawyer for Epstein's victims called the DOJ report a cover-up. The Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City will look a lot different when it airs two weeks from today. Because of COVID, the balloons and floats won't make the long trek through the city, but will go just one block for the TV cameras and without a live audience. There will also be pre-taped performances from those Broadway shows and performers. Visitors are getting their first look at the National Museum of the U.S. Army at Fort Belvoir in Virginia. It opened on Veterans Day, highlighting the stories of soldiers willing to sacrifice for their country. CBS's Chip Reed takes us inside. The U.S. Army, the nation's oldest military service, has 245 years of heroes and history. This is the actual Bradley fighting vehicle that led the Army's charge into Iraq. Museum director Tammy Call has overseen its creation for six years. Does it still get you right here when you go through it? It does. The 1,400 artifacts go back to the Revolutionary War. Battle scenes are meticulously portrayed. Here, climbing into a landing craft on D-Day, 1944. And here, in Afghanistan. 
So you used real soldiers to pose for these figures? Absolutely. They can show their families. They can show them what it was like. Sergeant James Akinola, the 2020 U.S. Army Soldier of the Year, was overwhelmed. I'm looking at everything from the past to the present, and I'm like, dang, this is really what I'm serving in. This is really what I chose to join. One of the most prized items is a sword carried at Fort McHenry in 1814. That same year, Congress directed the Army to preserve its history. Now, more than 200 years later, the U.S. Army finally has a national museum to call its own. Chip Reed, CBS News, Fort Belvoir, Virginia. As they say, Army strong. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, as flames spread through a barn, an unlikely hero saved the day from 100 miles away. CBS's Steve Hartman with a story you don't want to miss. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. A reminder, stay positive, test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.